right now I'm walking with Bryce Mitchell Williams. Ooh. Bryce, we're in, where are we? Wiltshire? Yes. Land of the skyscrapers right here, the, the condos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're about to <laughs> enter, <laughs> we're about to enter the Westwood Memorial Park or cemetery. Bryson and Cemetery, how do you feel about that? Um, I think I'm more concerned about being haunted by the ghosts of a parking mate, but I think we'll be okay. I th I'm going to be brave. On today's episode of Hollyweird Paranormal, Bryce Mitchell-Williams gets haunted by a parking mate in Westwood? <laughs> uh, that would be a great episode, wouldn't it? But actually, it's even better. Bryce tours a cemetery with me, guys. Yes, you heard that right. Bryce actually takes a walking tour with myself and paranormal investigator Patrick Landon through one of the most famous cemeteries in Los Angeles, the Westwood Village Memorial Park Cemetery. This tiny cemetery that is the resting place to big stars is actually sequestered in a little area known as Westwood, which is near UCLA. So who are the famous stars that are laid to rest within the cemetery? Well, here's just a few. Marilyn Monroe, Kirk Douglas, Donna Reed, Farrah Fawcett, Dorothy Stratton, Truman Capote, Rodney Dangerfield, Natalie Wood, Dean Martin, Jack Lemmon, and even Doris Roberts. Join us as we walk through the Westwood Village Memorial Park Cemetery and join us as we sit down with Patrick Landon as we discuss some of his most memorable and most terrifying investigations. Everything from the Queen Mary to the Cecil Hotel, even the infamous Sally House located in Atchison, Kansas. All right, so grab your most comfortable shoes, your fanny pack, and of course, bring a bottle of water and your camera as you join us for our walking tour through Westwood Village Memorial Park Cemetery as we sit down and talk to paranormal investigator Patrick Landon. Let's get Holly Weird with the Dead Famous. Hey friends, we just wanted to put out this little disclaimer that this episode was recorded outdoors in real time. So you're gonna hear a lot of outside noise pollution. That's just the way it is in Los Angeles. Anywhere you go, it's rarely ever quiet, especially off of Wilshire Boulevard in Westwood. So of course you're gonna hear the friendly noise of the leaf blower. And of course the common occurrence that you hear every single day in the city, the fire truck sirens. So please, please disregard those noises and enjoy the rest of the episode as you take a virtual walking tour with us, an audio walking tour with us, with Patrick and myself and Bryce through one of the most beautiful cemeteries, the most famous cemetery, Westwood Village Memorial Park Cemetery. We also wanted to dedicate this episode in memory of Joe Bramo and those who were taken away from us way too soon. Now let's get Holly Weird. Guys, I don't know how to explain this to you, but I had this wonderful uh, walking tour plan at Westwood Memorial Cemetery. And um, Bryce, I don't know how to explain this, but Bryce is here with me. Oh, hello there. <laughs> me in a cemetery. 
gasp. But at least it's 3.30 in the afternoon. I know. There was actually, it's so funny. There was a minute where I thought, does she mean 3.30 in the morning? Because it's a no from me. And you're like, okay, see you this afternoon. I was like, great, I'll be there. Daytime ghosts only. So you get to experience Bryce's experience in a cemetery. So Bryce, do you know anything about the Westwood Memorial? Um, Just like a vague LA knowledge of it. Like I've been by it, but I've never, mm-hmm. I personally have never been. Well, we are teaming up with one of our listeners and fellow paranerd, paranormal investigator, motorcycle, James Dean, aficionado, and photographer, Patrick Langdon. You guys probably have seen him if you guys follow Ghost Adventures, but I believe he was on the Cecil Hotel episode, and he does discount, like, an experience he had in the hotel, which was pretty intense, but he has investigated all around the U.S. And of course, he knows the Westwood Memorial Cemetery like the back of his hand. Do you know who else might be buried there? The Marilyn Monroe? The Marilyn Monroe. Yes, the one and only. Yes, Norma Jean, the OG blonde. So she's buried there along with Rodney Dangerfield Mm -hmm. and even Ava Gabor. And Dean Martin and Natalie Wood. Just those old so-and-sos. Yeah, just a few of them. So, <laughs> I'm surprised. Do you have chonclas on? No, they're closed toes. I wish. I know. <laughs> I know. Chonkla free today. But I do have my... Starbucks. Have my so and I got good. you a bottle of water. Oh, so sweet. And I also have some snacks, too. Mama needed sugar because I had... <laughs> as you guys know, or do you know, I just got back from a Joanne's trip. And when you see a soccer mom fighting for the last mm-hmm. roll of light blue, baby blue tool... Mm-hmm. It's on. It's right. prom season, isn't it? I just it's realized. true. It's true. I've been following, this is so silly, but I've been following like uh, prom court reveal TikTok. And it is, I mean, I went to prom four years in a row. So like I thought that I had like done prom. Like I've really, I've been on the planning committee. I've been as an attendee. Like I've done all the things you can do with prom. This is like next level. Like the Oscars could never. It's really. Cr- oh my God, yes. Yeah. Some of these people have to be spending. I'm not exaggerating $20,000 on their prom. Like, it has to be. Yeah. With the car rentals and the tux matching and the dresses and the hair and the makeup. Like, (gasps) and they look incredible. Like, don't get me wrong, but it is like a whole... And you know I love, like, a southern pageant moment. Oh, my God, yeah. But, like, so all of that to say, I bet you're fighting for your life in Joanne's Yeah, right you want to know what the real horror is besides the housing market is Joanne's no. on a Friday afternoon. Joanne, no, no, yes. thank you. And then it's like an Eli Roth movie on a Sunday morning. <laughs> so there you go. All right, guys. Yeah, it's too real. Yeah. I know. The living yes. is much to be feared. Oh. All right. Well, you ready? Yeah. Let's turn on this car and let's go, guys. Let's go to Westwood and hang out with Patrick. Hey, friends. So Bryce and I have finally found a spot here after we graciously and loudly uh, embraced Patrick in front of a memorial. (laughs) As we do. As we do. Yes, we finally (laughs) found it. Um, Guys, Welcome, Patrick Landon, to our podcast. Patrick, thank, thank you thank so you. much for being a part of our podcast. We've been following each other on social media. I remember first meeting you electronically on um, Instagram, but then seeing your face in action in one of the Ghost Adventures videos. But you're not only a photographer, a motorcycle and James Dean aficionado, 
but you're a California boy. Yes, I'm local, born and raised. And I must say, it's it's great to, to meet up face-to-face with you guys. I mean, it's, you know, I, I listen to the podcast, big fan. You know, I've listened to pretty much all of them. I have a place out in Johnson Valley, a cabin, a homesteader cabin, and I do a lot of back and forth. It's a two-and-a-half-hour drive, and just listening to all the podcasts are great, but it's, it's here we are. You yes. know? We're in uh, Westwood Memorial Park. And yes. It is a place where the stars are literally laid to rest. We are surrounded by a lot of famous people. Mm-hmm. Patrick, um, you're also a paranormal investigator, and you're very knowledgeable about the dead and the dead famous. So tell us who's buried here and your connection to the cemetery and the paranormal. We want to know all about your journey. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So let me just uh, kind of introduce this place and how what it means to me. I mean, just because it's, I have family here. Um, I have extended, uh, you know, family, um, two of my, uh, great aunt and great uncle are buried here, uh, from, you know, he was a landscape architect, you know, Richard Williams and my aunt Molly is here. And also, uh, back in, I think it was 80 or 81 when Natalie Wood, you know, the tragedy in, in Catalina and she was buried, she's buried here, um. My mom used to work here. She actually oh kind of coordinated all of, all of you know the services for Natalie, you know. And oh RJ. my God! So yeah, I mean, I, you know, I wasn't here that time when she was, you know, working, but she was, you know, like a secretary, administrative assistant, and she is originally from England, so she's from London, so she never lost the accent, and it's just this is kind of like a family. It's weird. It's a, uh, and I work down, you know couple miles away or really close by in the village so that, wait so let me get this straight you travel two hours to work here too and then you just travel no to, i oh. walked i walked <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh wonderful that's a great yeah, way to get your I'm stuff i'm over on UC- ucla so ucla is like a mile away or whatever yeah so it was like hey guys you know but yeah so you know it's just uh this place has a kind of a near and dear and also one of my motorcycle uh you know brothers is buried here joe bramo and and you know it's uh we pay tribute every anniversary for joey uh he was only 40. it wasn't a motorcycle accident it was a health kind of uh issue Mm -hmm. but uh we celebrate his life just like we celebrate the lives of of our families and people we love and and a lot of celebrities obviously are here to visit you know marilyn monroe hugh hefner uh it's it's quite notable you know as far as uh but it's a beautiful grounds isn't it you know today's earth day so it's you know sunny in downtown it's such like um it's so quiet i'm like shocked at how quiet it is right now yeah yeah and we're kind of in a nook we're near joey it's it's kind of on the the south side of of you know you have the mausoleum to the right uh you have the chapel uh to our left uh and then they have the crypts you know uh around so and then the, the small kind of a uh, grassy area where you know the original part I think this was expanded out obviously it looks newer uh, so yeah that's so that just kind of I, th- I thought it'd be an interesting place for us to meet here and, no, and talk paranormal yeah it's, no it's perfection and people yeah. are like wondering how Bryce is processing all this in a cemetery <laughs> yeah <laughs> deep breathing have you guys done uh, podcasts from cemeteries like Hollywood forever before and stuff yeah. or Okay. Do no. you not like them, Bryce? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I actually find them okay. Fine. okay. All right. Compared to like other okay. uh, 
paranormal places, we'll say. Yeah. I would much prefer to be outside always. Yes. Especially between the hours of 12 and, yeah, and 5. Yeah, part, before yeah, sundown, yeah. right? Before sundown. Exactly. Obviously. Right, right. Yeah, this is a very <laughs> positive, beautiful, you know, cemetery. We're, we're family are here. Mm-hmm. So we're celebrating their lives. And so how do you want to start, delve in from yeah. how it got me into the paranormal? Or how about this, Patrick? Patrick, mean? we always ask this mm-hmm. of all of our guests. Okay. What was your first paranormal experience? That would be going back to 2006 uh, when I was living in Topanga Canyon. That was something uh, that was, I was renting a home back then and it was a um, an old historic place that really had um, a vibe to it. And I just moved in. Uh, it was in past the village, and it was basically, you know, a rental. You know, I work at UCLA. It was a great commute, mm-hmm. and things just started happening where, you know, in my girlfriend's time, would be visiting, and you would hear kind of like whispered voices, but mm. I didn't really kind of think about it. I didn't address it or acknowledge it. It was just like this is kind of like something that was happening, and then. My girlfriend at the time, she saw a full-figured person in the bedroom, wow. an old man, you know. And that was something that was obviously very shocking uh, for her and to relate that to me. And and it was, you know, I asked her to describe and like, wow, that's that's really strange. This is a 1920s original craftsman, you know, home in Topanga, uh, in the canyon there. And I was, it was just an odd uh, thing. And then I just, it was... It wasn't until I moved out, actually. This is back, like, what, 2006, 2007, um, that I was just getting everything packed out. And the owner said, hey, by the way, I didn't tell you this when you moved in. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. Uh, but two people passed away here. In this Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And he goes into detail. It's like he's saying, you know, it was an older couple. Uh, he was smoking a cigarette. He fell asleep. Uh, no. the, the like the drapes caught on fire. Oh, she was in the master bedroom, you know, sleeping, and he was out in the living room. And I would smell like smoke sometimes in the place. But he's like, I didn't want to freak you out and tell you when you first moved in. But that was so. That got something in my head where I'm like, there's you know this phenomena. There's there's something to it. I mean. I grew up, you know, my mom's from England, she's into spiritualism, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I grew up with this, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, lectures at UCLA and all that kind of stuff. Um, But I never really kind of was thinking, what is this? What is, you know, all this about? So I joined uh, and actually helped form LAPRG, which back then was uh, Los Angeles Paranormal Research Group, Mike Gonzalez. So he got a lot of equipment and we started just getting a team together and investigating. So that was obviously the first one. I'm like, let's see what's going on. Let's get some data. Let's figure out what's what's up, you know, with all this. And that's how it started, you know. That is so astonishing. Mm-hmm. Like right when you needed like who died in my house.com to right. come about, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. And yeah. for a full body apparition account is the strongest account to go by. Absolutely. So what ended up happening after that? Did you guys stay there for another long period of time? Or you're like, we're going to peace out. Like, you know, we're just going to leave. Yeah, it was it was right at 2008, mm-hmm. right before the crash. And basically uh, the owner was selling it. So I had to find another place. And I ended up moving to Santa Monica. 
and that was just a, a regular there was nothing really too too spooky about that but yeah, I would have stayed. I mean, it was. I love the canyon. There's a certain vibe and just energy and like Laurel Canyon, Topanga Canyon, Beverly Glen. Uh, it just, you know, I love those places, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I would have stayed, but just circumstance and that whole fiasco in 2008 with the mortgage lending. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that whole thing, you know, it, was, it wasn't so good. But yeah, that that's what it was. So that was our first group, you know, that I was involved. And then later we were, we were involved in um, forming another group when I lived in Venice, you know, and live in Venice now. It's my third time back in Venice. And I was, you know, uh, just like, remember meetup.com? Like, you know, yeah. so it was just, you know, some girls, Heidi and, and Sandy and some other friends were like, let's do a meetup. You know, they posted a meetup and like some other friends went and, we're, and they were like, they wanted to form a group, mm -hmm. you know, investigate and take this seriously. It's not just like yeah. we're going around and getting scared, but you know, that happens with a lot of people <laughs> anyway, right? It's kind of part of the allure for sometimes. But yeah, we were just, uh, yeah, investigating, you know, the scary dairy at, at the old CSU, you know, campus, you know, yeah. of North and uh, residential. We had, you know, LAPRG, we actually had a lot, mostly residential requests. We had, wow. we investigated, you know, actually hauntings or all types of more, you know, by clients, you know, people who just got in touch with us. Uh, with Shoreline Paranormal, you know, with our group, we did just, you know, what was available and, you know, uh, we missed Linda Vista. That would have been neat. I don't know if you ever oh. got to Linda Vista, hotel, uh, the old hospital. Bryce, thing. that's a no. That's a hard no yeah. for you. <laughs> I don't like hospitals anyway. Yeah, either. right, right, okay. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was something else. But we, we got to, you know, dozens of other locations. And, right. So that was the second, and then I found in 2008, uh, 2009, I met up with Tim Wood with Live Sci-Fi, and Tim and I, you know, and others have been investigating with Live Sci-Fi for years, yeah. you know, all, all around the country, and that was just taking it up another notch, but Tim's style, and this is something interesting, is like provoking, you know, I was more, let's get data, let's, you know, see what's yeah, environmentally yeah. around, uh, I'm not like challenging and like, you know, go for it kind of thing before I joined live sci-fi then it, that changed the whole kind of dynamic you could say and That was pretty intense, you know, just over the years, you know, all the Sally house and and all the places we've, we've gone uh, and Just seeing how it affected Tim how it affected us and you know legit like class A's motorcycle if you want to cut oh, that. Oh, we already we're, warned we're everyone. Outside. Yeah. <laughs> the last interview I had, we had the infamous leaf blower. So yeah. we're Oh, all okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's actually Joey it. on his bike. He's yeah. just saying yeah. hi. <laughs> it's our it's our it's our VVMC member. It's yeah. here. So yeah, he's just like here. But uh, yeah, so that that was that's what I've been doing for, you know, the past like 10, 12 years. Wow. You know, working with, with Tim and uh, you know, we have a, a team and and just really delving in and just yeah it's the only thing that i'm really concerned is I'll, I'll just bring it out like attachments you know you go to places that have really bad histories and imprints and it's and that's something you know and tim provokes and like you know hey i just <laughs> i don't want stuff following me home is it sound as strange as that sounds uh you know i remember the first time i went to sally house like 2010 or something like that uh, just this is yeah. the one in Atchison, Atchison Kansas. Yeah. So this is the one I want to be traveling to, guys, in late oh. June. <laughs> yep. Were you? Did you have to sign a waiver too? 
Yeah, you just, I mean, we know the owner and we've been there dozens of times. Uh, yeah, it's, the basement is pretty uh, in interesting. There's a lot of history there. There's some, it's urban legend, but there's definitely things that are there. And there's been ritualistic practices there. Um, yeah, I come from another background in photography, as you say, and, and so I, I really like to get imaging data, you know, and we would, you know, just get a lot of um, voice, you know, phenomena, EVP, uh, we do spirit box, all the, you know, traditional kind of methods, but I wanted to get visuals, you know, just really capture, so I did a lot of, you know, Polaroid photography and, and things like that down there, and we, that was interesting. I noticed with the Sally House, it's a lot of EVPs that are captured there, and I guess you can say like spooky vibes, but we have to ask the big question, has anyone besides the owners back in the 90s who had the full body apparition the accounts, Pickmans, yeah. yeah, the Pikmins, has anyone seen anything of a full body apparition of a little girl or the old hag, apparently? We haven't seen, I think it's kind of a, it's the story has been developed like here's Sally and you know she played with Sally and all that kind of thing yeah. you know and she it was like a botched uh, appendicitis operation you know Dr. Finney you know and all this kind of stuff the owners there but we have not personally so it's not Sally that you're communicating with there in my opinion you know that's there no I agree yeah I, I there's agree. definitely malevolent spirits and entities and you want to call them demons, whatever the nomenclature you want to call them, there's a bad vibe in there in certain areas. And it, from my experience, it's like cat and mouse. It just, you know, it moves around and it's, you know, yeah, it's it's something, but you can't just dismiss it as like, oh, this is all, you know, yeah. just you're, you're creating all this because we've had significant, you know, hits where on like Ghost Box and it'll say Kilpatrick or certain things that, you know, when it's scanning, they, they can't say bad words on like AMFM radio, right? Mm -hmm. And in certain things and a lot of very specific things have come through you know wow. so yeah it's it's a wild place you're gonna enjoy <laughs> that you know <laughs> yeah. i always feel that places like that because of its popularity um and we're gonna kind of segue into it like say for example the cecil hotel yeah. Yeah. i definitely want to ask you about the cecil hotel i'm sure everyone who's listening is like we'll talk about the cecil hotel yeah. <laughs> um you feel like because places like that get hit so much by not only investigators but also urban explorer explorers and YouTubers, the social media uh, characters, that they get exacerbated. The atmosphere gets exacerbated, and you feel like either it loses it, its luster, or more weirder things, more malevolent things, come in. Like, what is your opinion on that? I think it's a mix. I think people bring in certain elements to it. It definitely has a lot of history for crime. I mean, I, I know that firsthand because, you know, I used to be a, a reserve police photographer. I've been there on the job mm -hmm. before, you know, it was stay on Maine and got rebranded and all that. I've been on what they call death investigations, oh you know, uh, and that's when you don't know if it's a homicide or if it's an overdose. It's a death investigation when, when it's not so clear cut. And yeah, that would, that had kind of, obviously you know in my 20s when I was doing that and and it had a, a very profound impact just of going inside in the Cecil when it was in its heyday you could call it and you have two serial killers you know verified who who stayed there and mm -hmm. there's a lot of you know just bad events bad things that have happened in there you know and, and I think other people would bring that in 
to perpetuate sometimes, you know, uh, with bad intent, bad right. intentions, things like that. Other people just, you know, Lisa Lamb, the, the really famous case, uh, she was not getting along with a lot of the roommates. A lot of the documentation you see in documentaries and things that people, investigators who were, you know, the homicide, RHD, you know, robbery homicide, mm -hmm. and you see first what, 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 you know, firsthand what was going on in her mindset. I mean, what was, you know, there was a lot of problems, you know, and disturbances and, and it's a very strange and eerie case because it's not so, well, it's definitely this or it's that. It, there's a lot of just bad mojo in that place, yeah. you know, and I think how it affected her, you know, she, when she came to LA, she seemed fine, but then, you know, it's, it's in Skid Row. I mean, it's yeah. a bad place. They have the, the last bookstore, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, you know, close by, but you know, she wasn't getting along with a lot of the, the other girls, like a dormitory kind of setting, and they put her in her own room, yes. and, and I think she had an episode and all that, but how did she get up to, how did she know there was tanks up on the roof or get access up there? And that was something else. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, and Tim and I investigated there. We were the first group to go in after that happened. Uh, when it comes to the Cecil, it's one of those places where I, you know, it's this constant question I always have in my head anytime I go to a location. Is it us that impacts the environment or the environment impacts us? And for you, like, what do you believe it has towards, you know, people that come and visit? I think it actually, if you want to call it like a flow, it, mm. it's, it's both ways. I think it, it impacts us because you're absorbing the environment. But then also your, you know, maybe past experiences and and that kind of is introduced. So I think it's kind of a ebb and flow, you know, and I've had direct experiences uh, there uh, investigating. And then before when I was working with the police department, wow. you know, as far as homicides, investigations or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's it's probably the most, you know, I've been to, you know, <laughs> hundreds if not thousands of, of you know crime scene uh, homicides and all different worked with SWAT and bomb squad just did a lot of different different kind of things so you know I wanted to they wanted me to become a full-time photo photographer there you know and I was working here at UCLA I used to be a CT tech you uh -huh. know x-rays that's how I started out and I'm like I like this as reserved because I worked at night I worked in the old Parker Center before it became you know and then they 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 raised it and we all moved to Piper Tech, which is, you know, where the helicopters are and all that. And can you want to hear a story about Piper Tech? Sure. That's okay. So, or, or sorry, uh, Parker Center. Parker Center uh, was the old glass house. You know, it was a famous uh, style of architecture. It was built in, I think, 55. And that was the old police administration building, PAB. So you had, you know, the photo lab. You had SID. I worked in SID, which is Scientific Investigation Division. Polygraph, uh, firearms, uh, photos, latent print. And we were all there, you know, on different floors. And the chief of police is there. And, you know, it's just, it's an old building. Old, you know, we were one of the last labs to leave, period. Everybody else moved out. And we were there. And it was... I love obviously history, old buildings, architecture, all that kind of stuff. And I worked nights. So I'd be there, you know, late at night, going out in the field, going, you know, working the lab. Yeah. And a couple experiences I had there were 
I'm in the what they call the order room. That's where you know phones are, and they take you know you're writing down orders to to go out in the field and calls. And I'm there uh, doing an order, and I there's a hallway kind of in front of me, and on the left I see a movement of something or someone coming up on my left side. You know, you're, you're kind of peripheral vision. And I think, oh, that's another photographer. It's like, hey, you know. So I, I turn around, there's nobody there, but I distinctly had that. And I was just working. I wasn't, you know, kind of preoccupied just with that. And so that was odd. And I talked to some of the other photographers who worked what they call AM shift. You know, there's day watch, there's, at that time, uh, and then there's PMs and AMs. So you have all those different shifts. And the AM photographers, which is the latest shift, you know, goes into early wee hours in the morning. He's in one of those little, uh, into the rooms there, printing, uh, working on an order. And the door is kind of closed, but not all the way where it's a big hallway, with all, you know, tons of negatives and, you know, all these file cabinets and things. And you have light coming through that crack of the door. And he's there, he's the only one, you know, a lot of times you're the only one there working, right? Mm -hmm. And he sees a shadow cross over that maybe half inch, you know, uh, door jam where you have like the, the light coming through. So he's like, oh, great. There's another photographer back. I can take a break or something because, you know, you're, you're, a lot of times you're just there working. And he goes around, does a full sweep. There's nobody there. So I think... Maybe some of the photographers, you know, and people who passed away or someone, there's a lot of connections with that. And he, you know, Chase is his name and uh, is Korean American. And he was pretty freaked out. He did not want to be there at night. And he's working that late shift, the late, late shift, you know. So he had a lot of uh, just, you know, those experiences there. And in the jail, the old jail, we actually did uh, with Shoreline investigation there of the old jail and the old locker rooms and all the cells and first thing we get downstairs you know uh we get to the locker room area there's a, a paper like coat hanger and it says parker center jail is haunted and, and that was our first and you know, obviously we didn't leave it there so and and this is it's off limits to everybody else it's wow. all, you know it's all locked and stuff and uh i had access but it was uh it was creepy they had this this sound uh kind of proof rooms. Uh, Charlie Manson was there. Uh, definitely um, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Oh my God. It's, it's so weird how it all just like kind of ties in it together all, it's, here. It's, it's, I always yeah. say though, LA is the biggest little town. Everything here is so like interwoven. Yes, there's millions of people here, but it is the smallest town mindset. Mm -hmm. Like everyone knows everybody. Everyone's been to all the same places. It's so crazy. Like, of course they were there. Like, yeah. of course. It's six degrees of separation. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So just, you know, all these past experiences and interests and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Bringing the paranormal peeps together. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me something, too. You had a very interesting experience at the Cecil that you explained yeah. on an episode of Ghost Adventures. And I don't Partially mean Partially explained. I, I, they cut part of it out, I'll oh, tell the, you. The, the, the Frank, what, they, yeah. what do they call it? The Franken edit or something? <laughs> Where they just kind of edit words together. But um, I know like all of our listeners are always like, talk more about the Cecil, talk more about the Cecil. But um, I remember seeing that episode with you and it really, really hit you hard. It did, yeah. It was, so just kind of giving a little context, uh, 
Yeah, I, I was, Tim and I investigated Lisa Lamb's room. We did, you know, a board session. Scott Michaels, I invited Scott. And so we were there uh, the whole night. We booked that room. Basically, uh, when Zach, you know, uh, came in, we if you get footage, you know, release it, they own it. So the tie-in with live sci-fi and our investigation maybe wasn't clear to the audience. Mm -hmm. But what happened was that morning, at like 5 in the morning, so Tim and I are, are there. We've been investigating all night. Got amazing EVPs, a lot of hits on the board, uh, and that's wow. that's on YouTube as well. But I felt something, and this is what I'm relating to Zach in the episode, something like just on my throat, and it's like sleep paralysis. You cannot move, but you're and you're awake. It's not like you know you're in between wake and sleep or whatever that that kind of twilight part. And I like reached over and I was trying to gasp and Tim Tim's like you know snoring so he's like you know and I'm trying to get his attention he's like you know just uh, it was I felt really what are you gonna do yeah. you can't breathe and that's what I was relaying to Zach uh, so Zach gave me his his uh, recorder his sixty uh, Tim uses the same recorder gets really great EVPs uh, it's really amazing. And I go into her room, and they're at nerve center down the hall. And I just was trying to communicate what, what was there, but I did not want to provoke. I, did, I wasn't like, okay, you know, who the fuck is in here? I'm going to yeah. go, you know, like, I'm trying to get, you know, you know, just you know, Things target. not to do. No, it's, uh, you know, I might provoke in other locations, Sally, or other things, but I, I made a conscious decision based on, pre you know, previous history not I did not want to provoke there I mean even thinking about it you know it gets me kind of uh I did not want to come face to face with what energy was there and I, it wasn't Elisa I I don't I didn't feel any of that it was a very dark it was something that you know grabbed my throat that wasn't obviously Elisa Lamb I don't think you know that was it was something a lot darker I'm not saying it was you know any of the two serial killers but it got my attention and I did not want to but we played back the EVP when Zach and I were listening. Uh, we played the recorder back, and we heard a male voice clear as day. Wow. So that was, you know, made it because of time, and they have to all these bunch of people. They had to cut that. Uh, another interesting thing was when I first went in the room, and I'm showing, you know, the crew, you know, Zach and other investigators, and I said, you know, we go over to the faucet. We open the, turn on the faucet, and brown water comes out. It's rust. It's not, mm -hmm. but those people that were there for two weeks drinking, you know, Lisa Lamb's, uh, Fluids. yeah, yeah, that's, it's decomp is pretty bad. And, uh, yeah, that was something else. It made a great visual on camera because it was, uh, it was still like that, you know, mm -hmm. just rusty water, but I didn't, you know, purposely want to provoke, but it had a very strong impact on me there. Right. Yeah. And that's what you see in the episode and how it ties in. People believe that it's one of the most haunted hotels in Los Angeles. I don't agree because I, I mean, unless there's a full body apparition account, we have to go by it. Absolutely, there's, there's a Best Western in the Valley that's a thousand <laughs> times more haunted, yeah. but it's in the Valley, yeah. so nobody cares. Yeah. That's just the fact. I don't know how to explain it to people, but we know the documentation of you know of homicides and suicides, uh, a lot of transients, you know, drug use, and just a lot of problems. And st still, are it's been opened up and think it's like a transitional housing yes. they're trying to re you know they're they've already i think opened it up uh, i'd like to get a room there <laughs> like a, a I, know. Or something. I remember in a video that um 
that Scott Michaels was doing uh, for his YouTube, he mentioned like this hotel would actually make a lot of bank if it was like for the dark tourists, if it really ran a dark tourism business here because people really want to go spend the night and see you know richard ramirez but you had a camera if you go around with your iphone or something or a legit camera uh security is on you like immediately so you had to be super stealth uh we went all over the place just like the queen mary you know when i was investigating we we went the whole ship and we got we just you know (laughs) we got full access without uh, approval or official access i'm going to show you a couple pictures okay Patrick, since you're a photographer. So these haven't been shown yet, but you're going to get full access to them. So I have a friend. Her, her name is Sherry. She lives in the pocket. She's an investigator. I'm going to give her props of Grave Seekers Paranormal. Now, this was not taken by her since you mentioned the Queen Mary. Many times I've been there. Yeah. We're going to talk about it because I want to know your experiences okay. and what you what you dug up there. But she was a part of this tour with a friend of hers and the friend had a digital camera they went by the boiler room which is one of the most active rooms and in this picture she said that no one was coming out of this room but it turned out that there was a full body apparition in a sequence of three photos that her friend captured so i'm going to show them to you and i can't show them right away guys i can't post them because they will be posted soon through another uh another user but I want, I want your opinion on them. So I'm going to show you these pictures really quick. Here they are. Okay. This is the first one. And Bryce, you could see it too. Hold on. When was this uh, taken? Just how recent was, was this image? So this was back in the early 2000s. I can't really specifically give you the precise year. This was during an evening tour. Okay. It was kind of like one of their, like, I don't know if it's like a paranormal walking tour that they would do but they would go to certain areas of the ship and um they would you know they're they're given a story and then they kind of move on and and so on and so forth so this was the first one that he took and then if you scroll to the right yeah oh wow okay (laughs) yeah you can see is it a a series okay yeah oh yeah that's okay so let me just back up and we're looking, uh, we have four people looking into a double door that's open. It's uh, really dark. There's something on the left side uh, that about kind of regular height, maybe five, six, five, seven. If you look at the door frame, which mm-hmm. is usually like six, six feet or so uh, on the left. And then there's something square kind of on the bottom that's there. And they're all looking towards that. Now on the second image second one there's very it's yeah okay so we see more of kind of that that reddish uh yellowish uh mass that's on the left at say height uh, head level and you actually see what's coming about uh let you know more of the body is Mm -hmm. is emerging and the bottom you can see kind of uh colorations and Mm -hmm. and of legs uh in the middle it's kind of still dark but you can see something definitely emerging and then the third image is most striking because you see uh, you know it's very prominent that that looks like a human that like you know it's it's so blurred like it's almost like where the image if it was a person is kind of moving or something or maybe you know it's that's that's a crazy image i mean when you look at a lot of these and It could easily, I mean, people could say, well, that was a person, but according to her, when there was, her, there. There was no one there. Especially they were. The 
people in the foreground are blurry. It's obviously an early 2000s photo based on the, yeah, the wardrobe choices. Okay. <laughs> but like they are clear in comparison to these shapes. Exactly. So this is the most what they claim to be the most active room. This was the boiler. And this white thing right here is the platform. Oh, that's the platform. Okay. The first image you guys look here. I'm just going to place it down here on the grass. It's almost like the person is kind of hiding. It's, yeah. it's they're they're on one of the sides of the door. Mm-hmm. You know, these are tubble doors with the kind of the push bar type, and they're looking out at the audience. I'll say audience, the people that are you know the four people that looking towards that that door, and it's all dark behind it. Mm-hmm. But you can see this person. You can actually see eyes. I mean, if you want to make out kind of the face, and mm-hmm. there's kind of like what you would see is eyes and and things. Uh, it's peering out, and then. The, that shape or mass or person, however you want to call it, actually emerges more out towards, you know, the middle. And it's it's not hiding anymore. It's like it's making itself present. And none of these were seen. And then the third one, yeah, it's like she's just kind of watching everybody. Exactly. That's crazy. So based on her analysis, I mean, it made sense because he or they look like they're wearing like a pea coat. Yeah, it's really dark. It's black, definitely. And then there's kind of bluish or whitish. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the, you know, the person, it's, yeah, it's it's really, it's a really, uh, it's not something, if there was nobody there when it was taken, mm-hmm. that's a very compelling. That's an interesting image. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I wish the resolution back then was, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> much better, there. yeah. We all had that little Olympic, yeah, like, digital. A, I mean, it's. I wonder what were they talking about? They were talking about what were the boiler. So they all had that attention looking in that space. So according to her, the tour guide was talking about the boiler room and the presences that were there. And she was telling me there's a presence of a man that is very nasty and negative, especially towards women. Oh, I've heard this story. Okay. Yeah. I've heard. I can't, I can't find this story. And there is another presence Someone else told me there's an color too. Yeah. You guys, it, this isn't like a black and white kind of image of just like shadows, and mm-hmm. this is this is a color form. I mean, it's captured obviously, but the image of the apparition we could call it mm-hmm. is color. It's not you know usually yeah. these things are black and white, or you right. see some shadow, yeah. a shadow figure. You know, I've seen shadow figures that. But you're a photographer too, yeah. so you know the trick of lights and shadow. Yes. So. In reflection and. And, you know, film density or image density, pixelation, all these kind of things and shutter, you know, whatever the aperture of, of was set for the camera was in auto. I mean, all these things, but whoever was shooting it, if there was nobody there and they went into that space, right? They went into that little. They kind of went towards like the doorway. They weren't, I think, allowed to go in fully, but they were just like, they, they kind of went a little past the threshold and then they're like, okay, next stop. So. Yeah. Did she mention, or did they mention, did they see anything in the moment, or did no. this they discovered it when they were looking back through the photo? So according to her, her friend goes home and uploads, you know, back in the day, oh, in the horse and buggy day, we had to upload everything on computer from the phone, and he realized, he's like, oh my God, like, yeah. one, two, three, and that is the way that you do photography. I just wonder, because to me, 
not knowing anything, it does look like someone a coming out around the corner, but then moving forward. Yes, definitely. So I'm I'm not that surprised to hear that they said that there was n- some kind of negative energy. I just wondered if they had felt anything in the moment, because to me, it really in the third one especially looks like someone walking towards the group. Yeah, did they like have out no and around? That's what I'd be interested if they no reaction. no reaction because they didn't see or hear anything Nothing. at the time. Yeah, you know, probably when certain I guess energies are spoken about because at that time the tour guide was talking about you know the room so I don't know if maybe that manifested something whoever that spirit is is obviously that's their space if you look closely you can see mouth mouth, but head but also it looks like if you compare it with the other ones see that like arms or or fist or something upraised like Mm -hmm. see here and then you look you know, further for the first one, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. And then it emerges. See, it, it looks like kind of head and throat or something. And then you look to the next one, it's like more prominent. Mm-hmm. That, I don't know, it just, I look at it something that. He's holding his neck, you think? Or just, it's almost like a defensive posture. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, get, stay out or something. Yeah. Just yes. like with your fists like clenched and raised, mm-hmm. like a boxing kind of thing. Like your, your arms are up. That's how I look at it. But. That's so funny that you said that because one of our listeners um, had mentioned this, that um, when he has vid- visited the boiler room, he says that he had seen the same apparition and it was very, it was very nefarious, yeah. very, very negative. Like it was like he said that he made eye contact with the said, you know, apparition and just by the look he ran out. So... I don't know if this could be the same one, but, you know, according to my neighbor, she felt that this was the most negative energy because there was a lot of women in the tour group. And this one is supposedly negative towards females. Why be misogynistic in the afterlife? Like, you did it the whole time you were here. You're going to do it afterlife, too? Come on. Were they pushed or any kind of, you know, tapped or anything against it? Just more of a feeling. More of a feeling, but he's been very physical with other females. Like people have felt pushed and felt pain. And some of the stories I've heard, yeah. you know, uh, Bill Murphy. You're, you know, uh, we investigated, you know, many times with Bill Murphy. Remember the show Factor Faked? Yeah. Yeah. So I was invited to go on that show when they kicked off one of the guy that wore the tie, um, that just kind of looked back and forth. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm kidding, but yeah, Bill and I are also friends from Shoreline days. You know, mm-hmm. so we would investigate, uh, and we were there at the Queen Mary. Uh, I was doing an interview, and and uh, we, yeah, we. I've just had so many different encounters from early college days at mm-hmm. Long Beach State, you know, and then live sci-fi, and it just, uh, it's. I love the history, but then, yeah, there's there's dark energies mm-hmm. there. There's it's not just. Uh, like John Pedder, who was the the uh, fireman, they call him fireman, yeah. in door 13, it got crushed. Maybe they were, oh, you right. know, like doing a game where you go through the watertight doors and see who can make it, you know, last. And he got, like, basically the midsection of his body upright when the, when the uh, watertight door was closing. And that was in 1966. You yeah. know, that's one of the famous ones of... of um, door 13. Door yeah. 13 and, and that... Uh, one of the, you know, the engine room kind of that shaft alley. They call it shaft alley because there's big turbine shafts there, you know, and that was, uh, yeah, I didn't feel anything there in particular, but there's a lot of obviously verified deaths and poison, poisoning, you know, 
uh, Strickland, I think, Strychnine poisoning, one of the officers who drank poison. Yeah, that's what I thought it was, it? too, because it, I, like, could that have been him, you know, holding on to his neck? Oh, right, right, right. It's just, yeah, yeah like something like that. He drank something. It could have been, but, I mean, it is still unknown, but I feel like this is it's pretty really, it's good. It's, it's really interesting. It should be downloaded and uh, run it through some pro-level... Um, you know, image analysis mm-hmm. wow. to see if, you know, uh, more detail can be brought out. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, it's just looking at your iPhone and the Siri. And what's really interesting is that he was, he's not like a paranormal enthusiast or an investigator. He was just there, you know, for... Those are the best stories. Those yes. are the best people because they're not really in that mindset. They're exactly. just completely reserved and just like open-minded. Yes. You know? Yeah. So he definitely caught something here. I feel like he caught, captured something here. So... Where can we go from here? Should we go on a tour to visit Marilyn and Natalie Wood? Is that possible? Sure. All right. Let's go for a walk then. All right. And what a way of synchronicity, Bryce. Here is, what is this, Fanny Bryce? Tell us about your story that you had here real quickly. It's a long conversation, so I'll give you the very abridged version. It started because I'm following the Funny Girl revival right now is happening on Broadway starring Beanie Feldman and it's in previews right now and people are being very critical because Beanie Feldman is arguably not you know a Barbra Streisand level singer who is but the counterpoint that I was bringing up to my roommate is is there space in a modern Broadway centric theater era you can edit all this out I'm so sorry uh, for the discovery of like Carol Channing Carol Burnett-esque type talents who aren't triple threats but who are so enigmatic who are so clearly full of star quality that it overcomes what we would currently consider like flaws like if you can't do like a double pirouette you're never going to get out of the cattle call right so it's this idea of like okay can beanie feldman sing in the way that like a shoshana bean can for example no of course not but no one's expecting her to she's actually trying to embody because fanny bryce is like the original vaudevillian funny woman she was not considered beautiful at the time she was not considered a great singer she was just so charismatic she basically was if not the most famous person to ascend out of the vaudeville scene certainly the most famous woman and so it's like this legacy that she had in the entertainment industry for being so charismatic and so effervescent and now we're like literally in this era where the revival of the show about her life is starring someone who is maybe more charismatic than like traditionally talented and again Beanie Feldman's deeply talented she's just not like a belty diva-esque type singer uh, so that's like the gist of the conversation. So I, you know, this is what we're talking about over breakfast, and then as we're walking by, there she is. We're sitting literally a stone throw away from and Fanny Bryce. The correct way, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, we're gonna walk up to one of the most famous blondes who's laid to rest here. Oh, and of course, next to Hugh Hefner. All right, guys. So just to correct everyone, Hugh is not on top of Marilyn. It's actually Richard Poncher. He's actually right next to her. This is so crazy. She's like right here. Oh. It's amazing to be in this space, isn't it? Right now, just to feel. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, because a lot of people side thought side he was side. on top of her. I'm like, no. Right, I heard that too, and it's it's actually fitting that they're side by side, not yeah. And the guy that's on top of her, his uh, plaque reads to the man who gave us everything and more. You're one in a million, Freddie. Mm-hmm. 
Freddie is definitely one in a million who got the opportunity to be on top of Marilyn. 1905 to 1986. So 86, he was interned here. Wow. Oh, look at this one over here. Um, the quote, you always had a joke to tell and never took a bad picture. I think I found, I like my quote. That's both of their lives she's like hey at least i get to be on top of you yeah, yes exactly, right? yes yeah. <laughs> how beautiful yeah in the bottom and genevieve haney looks like yeah. beloved wife and mother 1918 1964 so kind of yeah, and there's always fresh flowers in both, which is... It's, you know, yeah, nice. obviously, <laughs> yes, forever. Oh, wow. It's so surreal to be in the presence of her, well, her resting place. Oh, wow. These are set, so they don't move, but it, I think at some time they actually moved or something. Huh. That was... Uh, and then this behind us, Norma, little bench in remembrance of Marilyn Monroe from her many fans. So that's that's perfect. Oh, that's so beautiful, and it's it, it's such a small cemetery. Like we just passed by so many people. We passed by Jack Lemmon, Fanny Bryce, and Kirk Douglas. Um, this is just so amazing. And where is our dear girl Natalie Wood? Natalie is oh, she's in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, guys, if you ever have a chance to visit Los Angeles and you want to visit the graves of Marilyn Monroe and all these famous stars, you can do so by traveling to Westwood Memorial. What did your mom communicate when she was in in the process of organizing uh, her services while working here for it was it was just a madhouse, obviously, with the press, and they were trying to keep, you know, respectful, you know, keep the family and keep it private, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you had people, as they do now these days, uh, impersonating other people, trying to get access. Or mm-hmm. so she said. It was just a very, very private uh, ceremony, and and just to for respecting the family and everything that they could do here mm-hmm. for that. That's so crazy. I can't, I can't even imagine how much of a zoo and, or circus it was here. Oh, look at Dorothy Stratton. Oh, my God. So, 1980, and they've made a film, right? Uh, Dorothy about- Stratton is here. She was the famous Playboy playmate who was murdered by her, was it her ex at the time, her ex-lover? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was her manager slash lover. Lover, yeah. and, you know, it was, it didn't end very well. Yeah, yeah it was very sad. Yeah. You want to read it? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. There you go. If people bring so much courage to this world, the world has to kill them, to break them. So, of course, it kills them. It kills the very good and the very gentle and the very brave impartially. If you're none of these, you can be sure that it will kill you, too.
but there will be no special hurry. We love you. DR, the initials DR. I wonder if that was one of the poems that she wrote or something, or, or I guess DR is a, is there maybe a relative that, uh, that I'm did sure. that? I, I don't know if that, we love you, yeah. DR could be Dorothy, We let, like as a reference like to Dorothy, or I don't know, maybe it was, I, I don't know if that could have been her, one of her family members, or maybe right. the last person she was in the relationship with. She was in a relationship with a director, a film director, before she had passed. And I know that really pissed off, yeah, her ex-manager slash ex-lover. It was, yeah. yeah. Totally. There's some, some uh, roses laid on her grave, which is fitting. Mm-hmm. We just had a lot of rain last night and wind and all that, and but I'm glad they're still there. Yeah. Oh, as it should be. Oh, wow. And just to let you know, like, just like LA, this cemetery is busy, has a lot of fans coming in to greet and pay their respects to other stars. There's a service going on right now. There are other individuals looking for their own personal resting place. But there's still some stillness and tranquility within this space. There's also Prince here. Uh, Prince Oliver van Anholt, who's a, a legit prince. Uh, he was buried in 2016, hmm. so he has a princely, uh, not like... Oh, wow. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a prince that's now buried here. Uh, well, just, you know, uh, she, see here, 1938, and it has the Armenian... Oh, uh, uh, Russian the Russian Orthodox, Orthodox cross. Uh, more than love, and she has a, uh, uh, some nice... Fresh roses. flowers on her grave. Yeah. Wow. There's another uh, James Dean kind of connection with, uh, well, Natalie is here, obviously, and then Lori, uh, I'm sorry, Louis Jordan, who is an actor oh. who was... Uh, Wasn't that one of his best friends, or...? He was in uh, the play called The Immoralist, which oh. was James Dean's, like, second big play, uh, Geraldine Page and Louis Jordan, uh, so that's another kind of James Dean connection. That's so crazy. Yeah, so like, we always said, it's six degrees yeah. of separation somewhere right. here. I went to... University in Warsaw, which is like out past Fort Wayne, and it's like the next town after Manchester. So a lot of James Dean esque billboards along that highway, especially. But Patrick can tell you, like you've gone to every single. I think his his festival is there. Yeah, I, actually, yeah. I mean, I first went uh, back when I was married, and it was 2020. No, I'm sorry, 2000 rather. Uh, that was my first time to Fairmount, mm-hmm. and. Got to know the family, wow. uh, his cousin, actual cousin Mark. Uh, worked on German TV films back in 06, uh, doing a documentary mm-hmm. on Rolf and Jimmy, and that was neat. Uh, we shot here in Hollywood, uh, in Fairmount, and then New York, the actor studio. Oh, and wow. yeah, that was, uh, I couldn't make New York because of work, but yeah, there's all, yeah, Dean is kind of another, like racing and James Dean, that's yeah. kind of what got me into. Uh, you know the the whole James Dean thing, mm-hmm. you know, back then. So yeah, I know a lot of people and yeah, and uh, I know like if you really want to get to know James Dean and learn more of his life, y- you go to one of those festivals. There are people that knew like oh, yeah. everything from probably the yes. yeah the type of probably I don't know food he ate or (laughs) jeans he wore they have a fans weekend in july Mm -hmm. it's like a jeopardy they do a jeopardy game of dean and people take a a test to to actually participate in it 
like for 30 seconds you have to answer like 10 or 15 pretty you know they get tougher <laughs> so it kind of weeds out people you know only the diehards and yeah it's it's just how much did James right? Dean weigh? What was his shoe size? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. Wait, eight and a half. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. He was. He was a little petite. That's something I don't know. I don't know that. Aren't they all? I just know the racing and the cars and the. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for giving us a small tour of this very sequestered beautiful cemetery of westfield uh, of westwood village you're very welcome and it's great meeting you guys and kind of swapping stories and hopefully we get to investigate together that is the that's the one and hopefully bryce will join us i mean maybe my ghost my ghost will be there it'll be fine where can people find you patrick where like your videos and your investigations investigations uh live sci-fi uh on youtube and also uh, just my Instagram. It's Patu, P-A-T-T-O-O-V-V-M-C, mm-hmm. which is my bestowed. I have a whole sleeve, a lot of tattoos, so that I became Patu in our club. Patrick and Tattoo. That's what Patu is. Yeah, it's not like Fantasy Island of whatever that yeah. dude was. <laughs> was like, uh, and uh, yeah, so Instagram, uh, Patu, V-V-M-C, Venice Vintage Motorcycle Club, and just YouTube on Life Sci-Fi. You heard it there, guys. If you want to see more investigations, learn more about Patrick, you can follow him on those social medias and definitely watch his videos on YouTube. So thank you guys for joining us on this quick little tour of Westwood Village Cemetery Memorial Park. If you're ever in the area, come by and say hi to a couple of these old stars. They're here waiting for you. And of course, Marilyn. All right, guys. Always remember to say Holly Weird. Bye. Bye. another big thank you to patrick landon please feel free to follow him guys follow his adventures you could find him at patu vvmc on instagram and if you love hollywood paranormal podcast you can definitely stalk us and follow us on our social medias you could follow us on tiktok Instagram and Facebook at Hollyweird Paranormal and on Twitter at HWP Podcast. Have a scary story you're dying to share with us, no pun intended. You can send it our way to hollyweirdparanormal at gmail.com. We love to receive them and save them for our listeners' tales episode. And if you love Hollyweird Paranormal even more and you want to support this Hollyweird Paranormal train, you can do so by heading on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Hollyweird Paranormal. There you can actually join our Patreon for as little as $1 per month or you could donate a little more for however long you wish to donate. A little does go a long way and you'll be gifted in so many wonderful things. You'll get access to our secret podcast of Saturday Night Ghost Club where we collect ghost stories from people who are our friends, people off the street, our nail techs, our barbers, anyone who is willing to share 
their paranormal experience and you get access to all those episodes. You'll also be gifted in pen stickers, magnets, coasters, and even keychains with our logos as a thank you for your support. You can also follow us on our website, www.hollyweirdparanormal.com. You could read our bios and check out our other links and other past episodes and seasons. So friends, if you have a little time on your hands and you haven't done so, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. A five-star review, it helps us indie podcasts become a little more visible indeed. So friends, take care, stay well, and most of all, stay Holly Weird. And if you're ever in the area, you might be able to see one of us at the Westwood Village Memorial Park Cemetery. Mostly me, maybe not so much Bryce, but you never know. Take care, friends, and stay Holly Weird. <laughs>